Hey, Doug. Um, it's nice to meet you, man. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you for the the program scheduling. What's up? Nothing. I'm making sure I can hear, I can hear myself. That's all. <laughs> uh, if you need to turn up your, your headphones, it's right there. Oh, no, I'm good. It's I'm number good. four. But yeah, Doug, dude, thanks for hanging out. Um, yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Long story short, we've been, we're friends with uh, George K over here at Another Hole in the Head. And he's done such a like grassroots, like just building of this, the only horror uh, film fest in the Bay Area, which, you know, I think is important to note because there's so many film fests out here, at least that you're used to be. And yeah. we didn't know about them. And me and Terrell, we've been, we've lived here our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea it was like right in our backyard. Yep. So I started telling him, I'm like, hey, man, if you ever need any help or coverage, hit us up. And he hasn't done it for years. And then he hit us up for your film. And I was like, oh, no. What, what is the one <laughs> film that made him break the silence? Like, what could it be? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I'm, honored, I'm honored that he reached out, though, because we just watched it. And um, congratulations, dude. Oh, thank you. Thank it. you so much, man. But I think our conversation, we got to start about... I think something that a lot of Bay Area people would love to hear is what life is like in Japan, having grown up in America, because, you know, (laughs) San Francisco, we worship Japan. So yet, you know, I think your film might be a little bit about their culture and uh, a side of it that we don't really see in film. So, yeah, Doug, who the hell are you? Why are you in Japan? (laughs) Um, Well, I, I always wanted to make movies, but I was always curious about Japanese culture and I always loved Japanese films. So first I went to China for seven years and then I came to Japan for six years and I had a dream of like making a movie here. So. Now, okay. How come you moved to China? Uh, well, <laughs> it was actually because of a girl. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, I love it's it. It's always about a girl, isn't it? <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, to be totally honest. But I did end up making my second feature there. I made my first feature in the U.S., Second in China and then third in Japan. So wait, no, we can't yada yada over the girl. So a girl, <laughs> she captured your heart and said, "Come back to to China with me." Yeah, she actually tried to come to America, but she couldn't because uh, immigration is very strict for Chinese. Yeah. And so then I was like, "Well, I'm going to China," and uh, I never really planned on that. But yeah, but I was really happy. I always thought though that I would probably go to China or Japan. I figured Japan. Because I was just really into Japanese culture, but yeah. Now, where did that begin? Were you like a kaiju guy or anime? Um, my brother was kind of into like anime so much more, and then but then he got me into it. And but we both saw like, of course, Godzilla movies on TV when we were kids, like TNT's Monster Vision and stuff. So I loved that, and then I loved uh, Kurosawa, of course, and. Uh, there's classic Japanese horror films like Onibaba, but yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much like everybody out here in the Bay Area. And it's <laughs> it's funny because now we're living in a time where movies like um, Perfect Blue are getting programmed regularly out here in like repertory theaters. So I, I think your movie's going to hit. Uh, again, um, we're talking to Doug about Bakimono. Is that the correct pronunciation there? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay, and that's going to be playing, I think, December 9th, which is a yes. Saturday. And I'm, I'm officially bullying everybody who listens to this show to come out. Um, so, okay, Doug, now where, where did your love of film come from? Um, it probably started with uh, Aliens, actually. I saw that when I was like, 
I must have been like six years old or something. I don't know why my parents let me watch it. I think I saw the second one first, actually, which is crazy to me. But um, classic. It's yeah, I shirt. Can't... I'm loving that sweater shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I just I love that so much, and it really kind of changed my life. Like I just I love that film, and and I also love, of course, John Carpenter's The Thing, which was kind of a big inspiration for this movie. Oh, you could see that for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now, definitely. Now, okay, if, since we're talking about film, you were credited as writing, directing, editing. You did the special effects. You did the sound design. Was yeah. there a, like, <laughs> did you intend to do all that when you got into <laughs> film, or did you have, like, a particular path? Um, I didn't intend it at first, but... With this film, I did intend it because I wanted to do everything. And I kind of done that um, on my first two features and on the shorts that I did. So by the time it came to this film, I was, yeah, I, I knew I was going to do that, which is crazy. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Now, the, your style of film, and I, you know, we won't lead too much into this, but right when I saw it, I thought of Unearth, which is a Stephen Byro company. Do you know them? No. Oh, Unearthed Films or? Yeah, Unearthed yeah. Films. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. So, again, I mean that as a compliment. I know people <laughs> can take that either way. But the no. thing about Unearthed is I feel like Biro is kind of like the modern uh, William Lustig, where he looks at a lot of foreign film. He looks at a lot of, like, really dark content yeah. and a lot of films that I think if people get a glimpse of them, they might think it's all in the intent of shock. Yet I think, you know, he has a good radar for parsing out like highbrow content or like like films that have a lot of shock value, but are also saying something. And, you know, I I thought that was pretty interesting that you had moved to China for a girl because in Bakimono, <laughs> we're dealing a lot with. Um, now, again, Terrell, we got to tread carefully here because yeah, we're trying it. to tease people to come see the movie. Yeah, but there's definitely a lot of, to unpack. And I'm. I'm curious how your experience in Japan has been now that you're a resident there. Um, I mean, it, it's really good. Like the, the movie kind of shows the dark side of Tokyo. And uh, but actually, I really love Tokyo. <laughs> like people might mm -hmm. think I hate it or something, but actually I really like it. And I try to I try to have a few characters like speak positively about it because, yeah, the food's amazing. Uh, people are polite for the most part. I mean, like Ooh. kind of what you've heard is true. But if you live here like a long time, you do see, you know, like if you ask a Japanese person, do you think Japanese are polite? You know, <laughs> they might have no, a different huh? answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. We actually got into a conversation about that while yeah, we were watching we it. Because Terrell's like, oh, are they all rude there? They were so mean in this movie. <laughs> oh, I was no, like, no, I was scared to go to Tokyo. <laughs> no, no, sorry. No, you shouldn't be that way. Like, you should definitely like, I'll it's play. an amazing place to visit. And the people I've are, heard, yep. Yeah. The people are great and they are very polite. Like, so. Hmm. And, and yeah, I don't know. Outside of Japanese film, though, you don't really see a lot of discourse, especially out here. Like my sister, she she didn't end up getting into the career, but she majored in linguistics uh, with a emphasis on Japanese. Like, I mean, I mean it like people out here, they worship the community. They do. And it, it, watching this film, I'm like. In one hand, it felt kind of like a uh, American who loves the culture and so much that he moved here. Because again, I'm painting the picture having not met you. Yet I was like, dude, this is a pretty cynical take. Mm -hmm. 
Like, <laughs> uh, it's not supposed to be. I mean, I really love Japan and I love, to- like, again, I really love Tokyo, but I am curious about like the dark side of it. And there really is a dark side. And yeah, I don't think they have that in films so much. Yeah. Yeah, and especially not in, like, horror. I think a lot of horror films that come out of Japan, I mean, we all know, like, the Americanized versions, like The Grudge and The Ring. But even the traditional ones, they're kind of, um, they're all about, like, folklore and culture. Like, again, like us kind of being um, mysticized by, like, uh, Japan and just, like, wanting to learn more. Where your film actually felt like somebody who maybe moved there and had his illusion popped. And now, one thing, now again, I hear you saying you like it, and but your film is telling me something different. At least, at least with like the hostess culture. Now, again, I don't know anything about this, yeah, but I have many friends who have gone to Japan. Mm. And usually if you're in a, a circle with a bunch of dudes or you're drinking, one of the immediate things that comes up is like prostitution culture. Hostess, like um, in your film, uh, I believe somebody actually talks about like, oh, I shouldn't have fallen in love with the hostess. Yeah. And I had to kind of explain it to Terrell. Yeah, I just found out about that today. I was like, what is hostess? Like, I was like, she's hostess. She delivered like, you know, like a restaurant. But I was like, no, no, she's serving something else on a platter. Not, not <laughs> or, or is she? <laughs> she's not. Because, you know, I think yeah. a lot of the arguments I get into is like, are they actually prostitutes or are they just you paying them to hang out? Why would you do that? Like, you got to run us through it, Doug. Oh, okay. Well, a hostess is different than a prostitute. Um, oh. So, like, you don't, you're not supposed to sleep with a hostess. They're not supposed to sleep with the clients. And, um, yeah, so it's it's quite different. But um, they call them both, like, the kind of the water trade because they both revolve around alcohol. The girl is just, like, basically, she's paid to just sit there and listen to the guy and pour him drinks and act like she is entertained, act like she's into him, even if she isn't oh, usually. Oh, I see. Have you ever heard of that before? No. Why would you want that? You know where I used to live before here? (laughs) So there, you know, again, um, even in the Bay Area, Mm. there was a club. It's shut down, but I can't remember the name. Mm. I lived down the street from it. And it was a Filipino run. Mm. And it was in like what looked like it would be like a hall that you would rent out to have like a large family party. But they had one bar. And everything has like folded up tables. And like, so, you know, when you come in, they unfold the chair. And, yeah. <laughs> and their whole thing was they had girls working there that basically you wouldn't pay them to hang out with you. But if they got you to buy drinks, they would get a cut of it. Okay. So and they, they do would, that too. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So their whole thing is like they come up to you and it's not really clear that mm. they're like working there. Got it. And sometimes they are like, oh, I'm a bartender or I'm a staff, but they'll sit down with oh. you at the table and like put their arm around you and be like, hey, order another drink. Interesting. And get me one too. Wow. Oh, okay. Is that like what it's like in Japan or is it more of a formal? Uh, Japan is more formal. I mean, it's very explicit. Like guys know the rules when they go in. Um, of course, like you have to be, I mean, the hostess clubs, you have to be kind of rich. Like Maid Cafe is similar, but that's more for like otakus. Uh, like nerds and okay. <laughs> hostess would be like in Ginza and Rapungi, like expensive areas. And there's, I think there's a cover fee to go in and, and uh, yeah, you have to pay for drinks. It's very expensive, but you know, the rules up front. It's not like, it's, it sounds a little shady there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, you said otaku and I'm, I know what that is because I'm well-versed in the Japanese culture. Oh, are you? <laughs> but then you brought up Ginza and what Rapungi? 
Yeah, Roppongi. What is that? Yeah. Well, Roppongi is <laughs> kind of like the foreigner area in Tokyo. And then Ginza is like a, just a really expensive like shopping place and uh, okay. just a very yeah, pricey. Okay. Place. And now I think one of the important things we got to touch is the word otaku. I, I learned it in high school where somebody like literally we sat down and he was like, otaku means nerd, but in a bad way. Is that is that still true? Um, kind of. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of negative in Japan, but but it depends on like who you talk to. Um, but if a girl says you're otaku, yeah, that's that's probably oh, that's great. bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, why? Because I know out here having a hobby is kind of like you know that's the way you connect with people. Yeah. Like one of the good things about doing a podcast about film is everybody in some form in their life watches some sort of visual art. So it's yeah. a really easy icebreaker for anybody. But yeah. like, like I see you have a shelf behind you with, um, with you got some toys up there. So now <laughs> yeah, if, if a lady toys. walked in and she went, oh no, you're an otaku. Oh. Like what, what are they really articulating? Uh, yeah, I'd have to ask my wife. But um, because <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I have tons and tons of monster toys. So, yeah, in China, they never realized that I was kind of nerdy because I didn't have toys there. But what is it articulating in Japan? It is kind of like a negative thing, kind of looking down, kind of like like this. I think the stereotype for otaku in Japan would be someone with no social skills who's maybe mm. smelly and... Oh. They, you know, they live with their parents, but of course, like, it's not true. Like, it, actually, I think almost all film directors are otaku. Like, we love movies. We're so hardcore yeah. about it. We collect stuff. John Carpenter collects like 50s sci-fi movie posters, you know, and his wife yeah. collects Godzilla toys. So <laughs> nice. Anyway. What so, if you're like a rich otaku and they called you that, but you got the money? Because in this movie, a lot of these women want these men's with money. So what if you were rich and they called you an otaku? Is there any difference between that? Um, I or mean, maybe that would be nicer because you're you're rich. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I imagine that's where you would just use a different word. Okay. Like, oh, you're a collector. Got it. Because, I mean, we, we get that out here, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, action, like, if you collect stamps, you're not like a, yeah. you're not a dork for that. Like yeah. a lot of people think, or like books, look at that. Yeah. Like yeah. in no world would anybody look down on you for collecting books. Yeah. But yeah. I, so I had always assumed that the otaku thing came kind of um, out of the culture of like a heavy work ethic. Now, is that true? Because I hear stories about like how it's impolite to be the first one to leave your office and you always want to be like last out. And then there's like a bar culture immediately following and then you go home and you repeat five days a week yeah i mean i think that's true i i never did that and i never worked in an office here but of course i've heard all those stories from people and uh <clears throat> part of making this movie is i interviewed like a lot of people and i put their kind of real stories and things that really happen into the movie so none of it's like made up stuff like uh the crazy neighbor for example is based on a real story that a chinese guy told me about his neighbor coming home and she was yelling at inanimate objects in her apartment oh. like a psychopath he was like, mental health is, oh yeah, <laughs> is a thing. Now, I mental like my favorite character, no I think. He was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, let's talk about him. Yeah, because, he was you know, great. Again, we hear of, um, it's a Japanese horror film. And I think a lot of people would come into it thinking, okay, this is going to be a, a like deliberately paced, aka slow burn. Yeah. 
and kind of, you know, be kind of have a coffee in their hand and be ready. <laughs> Yet your film is the complete opposite. No, nope, it started we right. Right into yep, it. It was and great. Awesome. Dude, I, at one point I've been terrible today and I kept going to the bathroom. I paused it and I'm like, dude, we were an hour in. We're like, so in into it. We're like, this went by quick. We're like, uh, cool. so much was happening. I was like, what is going on? Then you start to figure it out. I don't know. I love in that 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 thing. Literally, I don't want to spoil this too much. Yeah, but well, there's thing, a creature. We all that know that. Creature, yeah. Yes, I'm really gonna be dreaming about that tonight because I awesome. I don't know. I went to the bathroom too earlier night in the mirror. I was like, oh, right, that thing gonna be right, right behind me. I kept thinking, <laughs> and that's effective. That's a good thing. So well, thank yeah. you. So that was all practical effects, right? Yeah, I love practical effects. I I hate CGI, and uh, yeah, I, I you know again I love movies like The Thing. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what I want to do, and. And yeah, with this movie, I, I tried to make it very exciting and kind of intense from the beginning and really pull the audience in quickly. So, Yeah, a few of the jump scares got me. It startled me a couple times, like two or three times, right? Yeah. I don't know. This movie's great. I uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited for people to watch it. Yeah, it was fun watching it with yep. Terrell. Yes. I um, <laughs> I was animated. <laughs> now, we were both taken aback. And, you know, we had a little bit of information about you, so we knew you were American. But you have a really diverse cast in this film. Yeah, and it was a little like, I was almost taken aback by it. Mm, where it I'm like, great. oh, there's like a couple white people, this black dude. Like, and is it hard? Now, where did you film this? Was this in Japan? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, it's all in Tokyo. Okay. I mean, I, like a little bit of the fire stuff I filmed in the US and then, but everything else, like literally everything. Okay, so where did you find all the actors? Is there like a diverse culture that we just don't ever see? In Japanese yeah, and film? that's part of, I think that's, yeah, that's part of why I tried to do that was because all the people in the cast in the film, they really lived in Tokyo and their lives are very similar to their real lives here. And like there's a German model and she actually is a German model in Tokyo. And then uh, Dominic, yeah, he's actually an English teacher here. So oh, the teacher, yeah. <laughs> he plays Chris. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay, interesting because it, you know, as a viewer, I mean, we've watched a lot of horror movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever encountered a cast like that yeah. in a Japanese one. Oh, definitely. And and their stories definitely felt like, like I believe at one point a girl is called Mexican. Yes. And she's like, yeah. well, I I was born here. <laughs> yeah. And she's I, dude, it's, okay. Yeah. What, dude, it's so interesting to see that because I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure there's films out there. Yeah. But, and I've gone back and I'm not seeing anything like that in Ozu films. So. Yeah. I, yeah, I've seen I've seen like oh, I don't know ton, uh, over 500 Japanese films and yeah, you don't really see that. So I I wanted to show that really because even when like I'm flying back to Japan, like it was during the pandemic and I was and these these girls on the plane were like we're just trying to get home and I realized, "Oh, they don't realize I live in Japan because I'm uh, like a white American." But it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there are quite a few foreigners that live there, but we're kind of invisible in a way. <laughs> Now, you want to talk about tough immigration. I heard yeah. it's hard to get into Japan. Yeah, it's very strict. Like, did you know that uh, Tony Scott, like his visa actually ran out when he was making like a black rain here. So they oh, had to film okay. the last part in California, which is hilarious. Oh, wow. <laughs> so did people show up and put him on a plane? They just evicted him from the, the country immediately? <laughs> I, I mean, they had to leave. So, but um, <laughs> yeah, it can be difficult. Um very difficult. And actually, it's really sad because like <laughs> the immigration center is out near like the trash compactors. So it's like, oh, that's not very oh, subtle, wow. guys. 
Well, I mean, you know, it felt, you know, part of the reason I thought you had a um, cynical take here is there's one part of the movie where we're spending a lot of time in. Now, would it be correct to call it a hotel? Is there another term for it? I mean, it's it's an Airbnb. It's a, in Japanese. Okay. They say minpaku. Um, mm. I didn't want to say Airbnb for legal reasons, but I think you can now because I noticed another film did. And it's like, yeah, it's an Airbnb. So, OK, that does kind of change yeah. it. Yeah, because, OK, so the the dude who owned it is like he literally owned it. It's almost like another house he had. So he's yeah. the only worker there. Yes. OK, that yeah. does change. Things. Yeah, it does. I thought it was like a crazy hotel. Like, oh, yeah. It's very cheap and all that. But it also makes sense because we've had an experience going to Monster Palooza out here. Oh, yeah. Where we got an Airbnb and it like we did one of those things where we're looking at the Internet listing and then we're looking at the building we're in front of and we're like, nah. <laughs> It this was is scary. Wrong. Like Doug, barbarian? We could have felt, yeah, it was very barbarian. Yeah. Well, we yeah. weren't out in the middle of like nowhere. Like it was still scary. But we were in the <laughs> we were in a house that felt like it was behind the house we were supposed to be in. Yes. Oh wow. <laughs> yes. It was yeah. I mean, we literally found the key to the other house and mm-hmm. we had a conversation about like, should we just stay here? Yeah. But I think in we, the nice one. In yeah, in the big <laughs> one that actually had the amount of rooms that yeah. we needed. Yep. Wow. And then we're like, well, what if people show up? Oh, be barbarian. I, it would be barbarian. <laughs> so we stayed in the little one and just dealt with it. But nice. in, in this, it, that definitely changes things mm-hmm. because there's nobody at the front desk. Nope. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. no, it's, in a, it's just an apartment building. Like she, you see her at the very beginning of the film. She goes, this girl goes into the apartment building and, uh, but she kind of goes over and she gets a key out. Um, maybe I should just say Airbnb, but I thought I couldn't, but I saw another film did because there's a movie called, uh, the rental. Have you guys seen that? And, uh, they oh, call the rental. You probably have, right? I think I did. Yeah. 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 With the four, is it two couples? Oh, yeah. yeah. You've seen that too, I think. I haven't seen that. I know of it though. It's crazy movie, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Airbnb, it does seem like that would be like a copyrighted. Yeah. The rental. Like, yeah, I, I think it can be used now kind of as a general term, I guess maybe, but yeah. I need to say that maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So, God, it even it makes more sense mm-hmm. that in you know an Airbnb that we are just we're hanging out with different people. Like, uh, actually, our perspective jumps a lot, and it kept making me think. Like, I almost feel like you could categorize this movie as an anthology. I don't know if you personally do. Um, I mean, it's kind of you know like a following Memento Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah. actually Pulp Fiction was originally going to be in an, an anthology and then like Tarantino still thinks it is, but most people don't, I guess. So the whole thing, like there's not really a word for it. It's nonlinear, but it's like, I would say completely out of order. So completely non-chronological. The, the reason I kept thinking of an anthology film was me and Terrell are, we're kind of like horror hacks here. So we kept trying to identify like the final girl. Yep. And we're like, okay, so many people, like bodies are falling. Yeah. It and was like, great. I was <laughs> like, you're knocking all these people off. <laughs> but you start like, to, like as an audience member, you start to get beaten down. Yeah. And you're like, like oh, I think it's this person. And I was like, oh, wait, nope. <laughs> you're like, let me root for somebody. And then yeah. everybody, their lives are so nuanced in this film that nobody's really portrayed as like a hero either. Mm-mm. Yeah, I wanted it to be uh, unpredictable. So you don't really know at first, like, well, who's the main character? So I, I'm kind of using, uh, I don't want to spoil the movie, but I'm kind of using like an old trick, um, a, a Hitchcock trick. But I want the movie, yeah, I just want it to be unpredictable. So you don't know who's going to live or who's going to die. 
Yeah. Well, what ends up happening is you get this like beautiful thing, like uh, the TV show, The Wire, where people talk about like, well, who's the fucking main character here? And you're like, well, Baltimore. Like, you know what I mean? Like the story's told the one perspective that we get throughout the whole like show is Baltimore. So in yours, I would say it's the Airbnb. Yeah. Like we kind of uh, like the, it's he's an it's a neutral voice, the yeah. Airbnb, but we experience everything with it. Hmm. And um, I don't know, man, you made something pretty interesting here. Mm-hmm. What, oh, what kind of uh, what film influence were you working with? Like, I know you're a yeah, I'm guessing a Ridley Scott fan. Or are you more yeah. of an Aliens fan? Uh, I guess more of an Aliens fan. But I, of course, I love the first Alien as well. Um, and I love Blade Runner, of course. I mean, uh, John Carpenter with the thing. And then I love Alfred Hitchcock. And yeah, many influences, really. <laughs> <laughs> now, ha- has your taste changed at all now that you've been living in Japan? Well, I've seen like tons and tons of Japanese films and I'm always looking for like rare and obscure Japanese films. Because, for example, there's a movie called Gazoo, which is like a practical oh, yeah. effects monster movie, kind of like The Thing from 1986. It's only like 40 minutes long, but it's the closest Japan got to The Thing. And uh, I'm not sure it's like, I don't want to say it's like really great, but I really love <laughs> it. So how do you, you it's G-O-Z-U? It's G-U-Z-O-O, The Thing Forsaken okay. by God, Part 1. <laughs> it actually has a long title, but... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, wait, Gozu, isn't that um, Takashi Miike? Yeah, that's different. Yeah. I like the movie. Oh, too. this looks rad. I'll... I'll uh, I definitely I'll love Miike. He's great, of course. And Yeah, uh, Takashi Miike. Okay. But he's like one of the voices that broke through for kind of like he's got such a large category of films. Yeah, so many different types of films. Yet, you know, it's like the horror movies are the ones that I know him for. And yeah, I don't I don't know if are you you're, are you a big Takashi Miike fan? I've seen a couple of his films. You, I think we saw one this one no not that. I used to have yeah. audition behind me. Yeah, That's yeah. why. Oh, audition. nice. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, but you know, as a horror fan who collects physical media, I used to go to Japantown. And, oh, my God, they had a video store there that was so fucking expensive. Mm. But they had a lot of Japanese titles. And like Doug's talking about, you always want to find the gem. Yeah. So you would find, they'd have weird movies I never heard of. And I'd be like, Takashi Miike. And I'd get home and it's like, oh, this is a children's film. (laughs) And I just spent like $45 on on DVD. Must have had a gnarly cover. (laughs) Actually, I think it was the parallel of the, uh, what is it? The Monkey King? The the Dragon Ball story? Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those. So there were like there were like monsters in it, and it was practical, but it was rated G. Was it um, yokai? Maybe. Yeah, it was yokai. Yep. But yeah, it's this stuff. Forty five dollars. It was like damn. Yeah, fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. Can we talk a little bit about theater culture out there? I I don't see sure. it ever really covered, and I'm I'm curious. What do they have theaters out there? Let's start there. Yeah, of course they have uh, like tons and tons of theaters. You mean like uh, cinemas, right? Like. Yeah. yeah, mostly like independent too. Uh, yeah, they they do have yeah definitely independent ones. Uh, like Toho Cinemas is the big one, but then they they also have tons of little indie theaters here. And there's there's ones there's actually some in uh, Shinjuku now that are showing like low budget horror like every week. I guess. Oh, so. dude, are you are you hoping to get your film in there? Uh, yeah, I, I talked with the distributor, and he really thought that was possible, and. I didn't really think that was possible, but um, that would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, he said the awesome. films playing in the theaters are not even good, but they're showing. <laughs> <like> the <movie. laughs> 
It's like, well, I'd love oh, to man. get, you know, I'd love to get in there. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like my film, like I, I didn't think it was possible because I thought my film was a little extreme at times, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it could Wait, be. But it's okay. dark. It's, I love it though. But that's why I asked about independent theaters because you can show whatever the hell you want. And, yeah, yeah, you know they have those, and they have kind of like horror, more horror orientated ones. Like I just went to like a sort uh, Psycho Goreman screening last night, oh, and I it's kind that. of like an indie theater cinemart. So when I was watching your film, I wrote down Psycho Gorman as a immediate <laughs> reference, and I mean that in a good way. Really? Huh? And well, because Psycho Gorman's so different. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. like, I like love PG, it, he feels kind of like a Sentai character, right? Yeah. Like, kind of like a Power Rangers esque. Yeah, that's what it's like. Where you're, the creature in your film reminded me more of like Giver. And oh, cool. like, well, because it's like a bodysuit, but you, you really, you can tell that you're influenced by the thing because Thanks. it's, it's very, uh, uh, what's a good way to describe wet? It feels very <laughs> it moist yeah. and like uh, tentacle ridden. And uh, there's a little bit of like Slender Man in there. And I feel like he evolved over the film too. And his movements were pretty crazy and creepy. That's what stuck with me. Which Even his head movements and the way, I don't know, this thing, all the, <laughs> all the I, I don't know, that, that thing is crazy. But it's very <laughs> not PG in Psycho no, no, Gorman. No, 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 no. Yeah. Very, no, no. This is. Yeah, I don't. So, had you seen um, Psycho Gorman before? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I've seen it before. I have the Blu-ray. I have the toys. Like hey, I love Psycho Gorman. Have the toys. Yeah. Do you have the toys? I don't. I don't have the toys. I, don't I have the toys. <laughs> I have the Blu-ray yeah. though. The little box set one. Yeah. Yeah, I have that. Yeah. I got the box. comics. Oh. But yeah, I tried to have the the monster in my movie uh, transform, like its face changes, and you see it transforming, and then sure mutations did. come out of it. So. Now. So the theater that shows low budget horror, I'm so curious. Now, when I was talking to Terrell about it, uh, Terrell noticed there's like a theme of, uh, how would you put it? The women are gold diggers. Oh, all the girls in this movie felt like they just wanted someone's money and they belittled the men in this film in a sense, right? Like, yeah. oh, well, you don't have, you're just cheap. Like, like anytime something went wrong, is that like like that out there a lot like or was that know. intentional like that was um i mean i don't think all the girls are like that like kind of um we don't want to spoil the movie but uh yeah, the no, girl no, no. Is like mixed and she's half mexican like she's not like that at all and oh i didn't get the vibe from that her no, yeah no, no. and right. she's one yeah. of them she's kind of anyway we don't want to say <laughs> yeah yeah, a, yeah but um uh, so i'm not trying to say that about all the girls of course no <laughs> but well, there is just, like Competitive with a couple is what he was saying. Yeah, we was like, oh, it's like a theme kind of. But I don't know if it was like a bigger theme. Like maybe you're trying to tell like a story or, or a metaphor for something. Well, know. the monster is kind of a metaphor for the dark side of Tokyo. And there's all these different mm-hmm. aspects like overwork and then, yeah, gender roles and. Um, cheating. Is, cheating. <laughs> yes, cheating. Cheating is a huge. And, and I, didn't realize, I didn't realize before I came to Japan that actually cheating is a big problem here. Like you think maybe. Japanese are polite and respectful and actually cheating. Like uh, my wife read this Japanese book that said the level of cheating is like, it's only worse in like France, but like Japan is quite bad wow. actually. So, Dang. so, okay. Now I know in America, God, we could talk about marriage because I kept thinking about in this movie, there are cultures where, you know, you have an arranged marriage. And I know as an American, we look down on that as like cruel. 
But I mean, you know, back in the day, the whole point of marriage was like bringing together two families. And as a parent, you would try and vie to find the best partner for your kid to, you know, have your future family gain from that. So if you had a pretty girl, you'd try and find a rich guy and be like, we win as a family now because we have their money. Got it. So there was like ulterior motives. And I know in America, a lot of people don't agree with it either that like love is a huge factor because, you know, it's fleeting. Uh, young kids feel it strongly and then grow up and maybe change their mind. Oh, yeah. So here we've had a weird relationship with uh, infidelity and what it means to be divorced. And I have no idea what that's like in Japan. So is is it okay to cheat? I mean, I'm getting from your movie. It's not. Uh, that's maybe my perspective that I think it's not. Um, okay. <laughs> in Japan, yeah. there's kind of a... Again, I, I don't want to talk bad about Japan, but there is kind of this attitude from the girls here that you can cheat, but they don't want to know about it. So, which okay. is, it's kind of weird and messed up, um, I think, personally. But because, like, many different things tie together, actually, because the hostess culture and uh, prostitution and all these different things. So guys can easily go outside of the marriage and get sex, which I think is very bad. Um yeah, but it's it's kind of common here and it's accepted and it's like it's crazy. I, I didn't I didn't realize that. And uh, so that shocked me. So, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's funny to like uh, to try and be charitable about like cheating. But, you know, when you look at it in like a neutral stance, you're like, well, the problem is what if you fall in love with like a hostess? Yeah. And yeah, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, oh, that's a problem to your wife. And then if you have a child, oh yeah, like now you're hurting other people. Mm-hmm. And um, again, this is like one of the many things you touch on with this. So I again, Doug, I hate to say it, but it does feel a little bit like a bleak, <laughs> like like an American made the voyage over there, did the immigration <laughs> dance, got in there, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's just a horror film, so it it's it has to kind of be dark. Like I can't be like really positive, but I do have a character say like, I really like Japan. I I have two different characters say that. So I try to, yep. I try to have some say that kind of as a counterbalance, but yeah, people, unfortunately people are going to think I hate it, but that's not true at all. So I, yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't get that you hated it, but it felt like a good way to tell stories that I've never heard out of Japan using the vehicle of like a rental. And like when me and Terrell, after we watch it, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, I feel like I learned stuff from this today, like from this movie. <laughs> Literally. Remember, we were, we were having conversations like, oh, well, I didn't know about this. So it was fun for me. And the movie's dark. And I like that it was dark, like in, in the premise and what the film is and the lighting and the way that it was shot or, or, or put together. I don't know. It was great. I, yeah. You know what? I know you're probably going for like a noir thing or you're yeah. trying to set the tone visually. Yeah. But as a person who owns a projector, I have to I have to oh. quibble with you <laughs> because I was like, fuck, we have to like darken this room up. Actually, you got to remind me to turn down the brightness oh, on yeah. the projector. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, God, it's so foreboding. Like, um. Was that based on anything? Like, was your lamp not working at a time? And you're like, let's bring this to the movie? No, I mean, I think, you know, like there's a reason why movie theaters are dark, you know? Yeah. And so if you're going to make a film that has kind of dark cinematography, it's it is a problem. Like, for example, you said like the brightness on the projector, like some people, unfortunately, they watch stuff on their phone and they're like, this is too dark. But the brightness on the phone is turned down to save the battery. Yeah. And often they do that with projectors too, but the brightness should be, you know, probably the highest, like it shouldn't be set low. So yeah. that can be an issue, unfortunately. But, um, 
I, I mean, I tried to, I tried to kind of balance it, but yeah, some people, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, really? <laughs> so I'm, playing, I'm, I'm playing kind of with the, the balance between light and dark and the cinematography. Mm-hmm. And I used a red Epic dragon and it's, it's very sensitive to light and you kind of want, like, I don't want to show the monster too much. You know, I really want to use darkness. Um, because it yeah, is it's actually, effective. it's yeah, more it's effective. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, uh, Jokes aside, what I took from it was it almost felt like a um, you had created an environment that was perfect to hide in. And it felt like people who were staying there were hiding. Yep. And everything was like in shadow, like literally. Except there are a couple of moments when light comes in and it it has like a narrative effect. So I don't know, you know, joking aside, I I thought it was beautifully shot. And, you know, you talk about shooting on a red. How big was your crew making this movie? It yeah, seems it like you did everything, so I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> if it was just you. It was him over yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, it was just me, which makes the movie sound like it'll be terrible. But uh, <laughs> oh, it was literally just you. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, you know, it was mostly. I mean, almost always just me and the actors. Um, like my wife helped, like <laughs> like a couple days. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's literally just me, me and the actors, and. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there doing the special effects and then setting the <laughs> lights and I'm doing everything. It's crazy. Oh my God. How, that awful. seems like it would take forever. Um, what, what really took forever, like what were the special effects? Because like practical effects, it takes such a long time and you're constantly like, you need to reapply blood to the mask and you got to make sure it looks good. And like, so the practical effects really, that's, it took forever on that. Cause I filmed over 80 days. Um, but that was really because of the special effects. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, Terrell, we filmed with you a little bit. And yeah. sometimes it's late when our cinematographer can get here. And we're just doing like YouTube content. Yeah. So but Terrell will sit there and be like, are you, are we fucking ready yet? And he'll be I over know. there doing white balance and shit. <laughs> I can only imagine. It's forever. Like, <laughs> well, imagine you got a couple of actors in there. And then we're setting up a camera and you're doing the special effects and lighting. Oh, that's a lot. Like, were you working with patient people or are you just a lot quicker? Um, I mean, I try to be quick, um, but like a lot of it used natural light and then I, I augmented when I need to. So um, because the red, like it can pick up, like it's really good in low light. So, but yeah, but sometimes like, for example, yeah, I don't want to spoil the movie, but there's a scene with like candles. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, you have to augment that because the candlelight by itself is not enough, even though it's in there and it looks, I think it looks really good. But but also the person's wearing black and black on black is really hard to light because you want them yeah. to stand out from the background. But you have to like, you have to get enough light on their clothes to where it's not, they don't just disappear into the black. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you know, I, I bring that up and I'm teasing you about it because the film looked beautiful. Well, Dude, you. like, so what... <laughs> Did you want to be a cinematographer? Because I really enjoyed the way you framed it. And I thought everything, like the lighting, the like this is a very dark movie. Yep. And I know those are hard to like, it's hard to balance that contrast. And everything, dude, it looked beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, I, and, I really love cinematography. And uh, I like on all three of my features, yeah, I'm the cinematographer. And on my 22 short films, same thing. So I think... Uh, I've just had a lot of practice and, and, uh, I'm just trying to always get better, you know? So, but 
but it's really hard with with the dark the dark thing is so hard now because like you know people <laughs> complain about like game of thrones and they're like it's too dark i can't see anything and it's like well <laughs> make sure your tv settings are correct you know yeah <laughs> or make sure you're because like if you watch a dark movie for example in a bright room it's going to look so dark and especially mm. if it's a smaller screen if it's like a bigger screen and the lights are off like a theater it'll look correct but yeah it also depends on like the projector settings because if it's Again, if the brightness is lower, but, but, you know, there are some scenes like, for example, I'm spoiling the movie maybe, but there's scenes in the bathroom where it's all, it's quite bright, you know? Yeah. But there's, oh yeah. So I tried yeah, to very bright. bury it up a, a bit, you know? But, no, and you're good. I, there's another thing too, and I, I bet Terrell's never done it. What? I used to do it though. Have you ever calibrated one of your TVs? No. Yeah. <laughs> now, because there's a thing when you're, when you're mass producing a TV or monitor, mm -hmm. they usually do it in like a generalized way where everything will look good. Yeah. But you can go in there and you can actually get things that you attach to the, to the screen yeah. and calibrate it properly, like perfectly. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, you'll have a lot of range in the black and you'll, you know, like. I think you showed me that when we're about to watch Scream for like the umpteenth time. I, I think <laughs> you I, were yeah. showing me like, oh, you could make. I was like, oh, damn. Okay. Then I was, no, we're drinking. I was like, I don't care. I know. This. I think you're but like, yeah. hurry up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so it's a thing that people like if, you, if it's really a problem for you, mm -hmm. then uh, do it. Yeah. But if you're watching shit on your phone, go to hell. Like, oh, yeah, I don't yes. care. Like, Who would do that? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> people do that. Like, if somebody's though. bitching about, oh, your movie's too dark on my phone. It's like, well, it's not made for your phone. No, yeah. It's not. Yeah. I mean, even so one of the I, actors, like he's an old guy and I showed him these pictures and he's like, it's too dark. And I'm like, you're looking at it. On your phone, <laughs> aren't you? Don't look at it on your phone, please. You know, like, or if you do turn the brightness all the way up because the phone mm -hmm. is just trying to save the battery. The phone doesn't care yeah. about like how good the picture looks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, same thing with my projector. I do have the brightness down to like 55 and it's only to protect the bulb. Yeah. Which, you know, I've had projectors for so long yeah. now. That have actually had bulbs like explode while we're watching a movie. Yep. And it is kind of violent. So wow. <laughs> that's that's why I'm like, I gotta turn it back down. Yeah. Even though it looked better, but you know, only for Bakimono. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No, I know yeah. like uh James Cameron would go around the theaters and he'd tell them like turn the brightness up on the bulb, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. So even even Cameron was pissed about it, and his movies aren't that dark. So no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> God, I, I wonder how people react to that. Because, yeah. you know, we've done Film Fest stuff for a few years now. And every now and then you'll get a director who shows up and he's like, can I get in the booth? And then he'll be like, I just want to make sure it sounds correct and it looks correct. And me personally, mm. I love that. I'm like, thank oh, you great. for giving a fuck. And like, yeah, thank you. you know, cause, <laughs> That's their art. Yeah, they, they want the people watching it to like get the best experience. Yeah, and yeah. But I also know some people who are like, why? What are you going to do? Oh. <laughs> and, and you know and it's like well fuck you man you work yeah. in a movie theater yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and i can i'll vouch for you the the theater we're going to be seeing it in they will not do that to you doug so if you want to get back there yeah because i i do actually because the brightness levels do matter and uh <laughs> like the thing is the thing is the, the director and the cinematographer we really know exactly how our movie should look like if mm -hmm. you're just watching a movie and you didn't shoot it and you don't know you don't know exactly how it's supposed to look but yeah. like if you're the director and it's your movie you really do know like this should be the brightness. And so you can tell immediately, oh, crap, it's too dark. Like, they need to turn up the brightness or whatever. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's schedule that. <laughs> because <laughs> please, I, please, I would please. love it. And, yeah. dude, uh, I believe we're going to be at the four-star watching your yeah. movie, which yeah. is a newly renovated, beautiful theater. 
Oh, I can't wait, man. I'm so excited. I really can't oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm excited too. I mean, you're flying out from Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, to do I it. People come, please. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we're going to force people to. All right, well, Terrell. <laughs> Otherwise, so the demon's going to get him. <laughs> normally, I sit across from uh, Clark, who is not afraid to cut me off. Mm-hmm. But I know you got questions. So if you want to oh, ask yeah, I've Doug. Been dipping, dipping in, dipping in now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad. I'm a motor mouth, Doug, if you can't tell. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> Another thing, so when I was down there with Terrell, another thing that came up was uh, the interesting kind of like horror culture in Japan. And I'm mm. curious if you can, uh, you know, vouch for me when I say that there is a bar themed after like Suspiria. Yeah, yeah, that's a great bar. And the owner of the bar, epic. he's also a horror director, actually. He did uh, Rageaholic and, and he speaks English. I haven't met him yet, but I heard about him and I really want to go there. I went to... Uh, Death Metal and Hell is another great horror bar in Tokyo. That's and the owner's sure, super Ali. nice. Death Metal in Hell. Yeah, it's it's an awesome bar and they have an awesome like horror t-shirt. Like I kind of have this horror group and uh we all got the t-shirt, me, Danielle, and Abby, and it's it's totally awesome. So yeah, there's oh, a great whoa. horror culture. There's a great store called Video Market. It's a horror store, it's amazing. Oh, nice. Okay. What's video market like? It's like they have Japanese VHS. They have all these imported uh, foreign DVDs and Blu-rays. They have my first feature. Oh. Like the owner is super nice, but also like famous uh, horror directors, like the director of Martyrs went there and Gaspar No was there the other day. Oh, right. And uh, Stephen okay. So, Speaking of like physical media, so you said, um, so you're doing some, you, so you're releasing this movie, right? Like on Blu-ray, DVD, all that good stuff? Yes. And uh, hopefully there will be a distributor, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Now, do you know Dave Jackson? Yeah, he did uh, uh, Cat Sick Blues, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you, I, have I, you hooked really up like with him movie. out there? He's in Osaka, so I'm in Tokyo, but um, and I haven't like talked to him personally, but I really love his work. Like uh, He did that short film, Gotcha Gotcha, which is yeah. amazing. Like His stuff mm-hmm. is awesome. I want to see like the next feature he does, for sure. I really like Cat Sick Blues. Dude, y'all got to hook up. That would be so <laughs> yeah, cool. Definitely. Like, you know, people, uh, they may not know you yet, Doug, but they're going to. And oh, thanks. we've gotten fans. We had Dave Jackson on this show, God, like oh, two really? and a half years ago or something. Yeah. Oh, I got to listen to that. And Well, and, you know, people start listening because you know what you do with podcasts now, especially when you have interviews. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, some people just look guest dependent. Yeah. And we've gotten people hooked just because of Dave Jackson being on the show. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And I think you're going to fit in there perfectly. Kind of like hidden, but when you find the filmmaker, you just go <laughs> through all their work. And, you know, you mentioned that you had a bunch of short films. So are any of these available? Like if me and Terrell want to turn around and go watch something. Um, I mean, you could you can see my first feature. It's called The Sky Has Fallen. And I, I made it I made it when I was 22 years old. So, uh, again, like I didn't, I didn't have money, <laughs> but, uh, it's practical effects and actually it's inspired by the Japanese film versus. So, oh, um, it. yeah, it has a samurai sword and it's kind of the end of the world. These black figures appear, um, and they're changing the dead. So it's kind of, it's kind of zombies, but the black figures are demons. And anyway, so <laughs> of course you like Ryu Kitamura, you know, uh, yeah, that came up last night. So the film fest that w- the reason we couldn't talk to you yesterday was because we were doing our film fest, the unnamed footage festival, which is all like, you keep saying like low budget. And I know, <laughs> I know a lot of people, you have to like kind of brace them for that, but our film fest is all, 
uh, found footage movies. Awesome. So cool. my favorite type of film is usually no budget. Really? So, That's you know, I'm kind of shocked that your movie is low budget. It doesn't look that way at all. And oh, you, you're like, saying you shot on a red. So were we renting or? No, I, I bought it and uh, I rented an Airy Maxima for like those really steady, long moving shots. So I tried to do it completely professionally, but, you know, it's just me. <laughs> it looks great. It looks, yeah. Well, it's just you. And I don't know if you picked up on it, Terrell, but that wall behind him looks shockingly like that uh, Airbnb. <laughs> oh, it sure does. I live Ooh. here. <laughs> I use my apartment and uh, I, I actually did use an Airbnb too for another location. And then we filmed at the metro stations that are near me, but I filmed all around my apartment. My my poor wife said, yeah, you can use our apartment. <laughs> I regretted that. <laughs> oh, I was oh gonna she did. Say, yeah. <laughs> God, you did you like dingy it up? Like it really felt like you had gone to like David Lynch on that one. Oh, wow. Like I could imagine you like painting the the bottom corner of the wall like black <laughs> because really like it's so dark like it had the um the impression of like you know when you go into a bar like all bars are like low lit but mm. there's some that are really low lit and you're like, <laughs> it's kind of scary yeah. like it felt like you'd done that to what we've now confirmed is your apartment that's crazy <laughs> I was looking at the back I was like this look kind of familiar but I wasn't sure. Yeah, it didn't, have, it didn't have all this stuff in here. There was like nothing. Yeah. In here. I had to pack everything into like my uh, shower room, like every every day for filming. Like I've got behind the scenes. It's it's insane. Wow. <laughs> so I got to ask you because they they almost became like a character in your movie. Is behind you on the wall? There's like a a bracket mount, and I mm. it looked like it was for a shelf. That but there were no shelves in there. What is that? It's like, actually what is for it? like it's for clothes, like hanging clothes. So. And uh, that's got to be a Japanese thing, right? Yeah. 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 It's a Japanese thing, right? I mean, it's <laughs> normal to me now, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen them in other apartments either. They're in this apartment, but they're kind of like, I mean, they could be kind of creepy, you know? <laughs> well, you know, the impression I was getting is that it looked like they were meant to like hang things. And the only thing I could think of was like meat. <laughs> Or like, there's so much carnage in your chainsaw massacre. That's why. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> and even the wall, like, I can't tell. It looks like cement, but there's like yeah. almost like a grid pattern. Yeah, which also reminded me of David Lynch because awesome. I I kept thinking of Twin Peaks when we open <laughs> on that one episode where we're like in a tunnel, and the camera keeps pulling back, and it's you know just the the ceiling of a room. Yeah, and I I like, and I'm like, dude, this is creeping me out. Like, just that wall was like effective. It's awesome. I I mean, I yeah. love David Lynch. That's a huge compliment. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I um, I'm glad that the wall wasn't decorated that way because it was uh. freaking me out. Did did that stand out to you? My no, crazy? it did. And okay. Now that you pointed out, now I see it. I know. <laughs> this is crazy. It felt like the room was done up that way. So I'm trying to be careful here, but I'm like, that wall is scary. Is that concrete? Yeah, it's concrete actually. Like it's kind of like a new style. For like the modern apartments here. And then like Japanese apartments, they always have, you can't see, but there's like this white, but it actually has this weird texture and it's, it's unique to Japan. So you can tell if the movie was actually shot in Japan or not, because it'll have this weird texture. Oh, anyway. Yeah. I had heard that you'd came back to the um, States to shoot part of it. And when I was watching, I'm like, clearly when you're on the street, it felt like guerrilla footage, but I don't, did you get permits for that? Not to no, like blow no, you no up or anything. They, they won't give permits, actually. Like even um, 
even like big Hollywood films like Lost in Translation that was shot uh, guerrilla style. And uh, the, the thing is, they only give the permits to Japanese companies in Tokyo. Like Tokyo is super strict. Um, so, yeah, I just went out to like a busy metro station and I filmed. And the only thing I shot in the U.S. was actually the fire because I can't okay. do fire here. Like yeah. so the there's parts with demons and fire like that was in the U.S. And uh, the shot with the girl where it's panning up and the fire, oh, like yeah. the fire element was in the U.S. The girl was here. So, oh, I combine oh, interesting. So, OK, so you're out on the street and you were shooting that on your your red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was hard. And were people giving you weird looks? That's like not a, <laughs> a a thing I'm used to seeing. Yeah. And everybody seemed like they were ignoring you, which oh, I couldn't cool. tell if that was a Japanese thing or if they were acting for the movie. Uh, I mean, there was one take where like <laughs> this couple like walked right behind my actors and ruined the shot. And it's like, all right, yeah, we got to do that. One again. <laughs> so they, okay. they thought we were like some Netflix show or something. And it's like, no, <laughs> I'm just an indie guy making my horror movie. So. Dude, I love it. I love that kind of we are doing a scripted contained story in chaos. Like there's a yeah. movie called Assholes that has a, a crazy shot in New York or uh, Fat Tuesday with our buddy Jorge oh, Torres Jorge. Torres. He's great. It's that one shot during, um, oh God, was it a pandemic Mardi Gras? Oh wow. And it's, it's a slash. I recommend watching That's Fat a good Tuesday. Movie. That's great. Cool. I think it's yeah. on Tubi. Oh, it is on Tubi. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's on Tubi. Yeah. So again, um, well, Doug, we've kept you here for an hour. I am. Um, I have to say I'm, I'm honored that we're going to be able to intro your film. Oh, and wow. it's one of those things where you get to show people this movie for the first time. Yeah. And be there. And I don't I'm know. Excited. Dude, I, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, you're going to be kicking it with us when you come out here. Yeah, so I'm excited. You're warm oh, now. You. I can't yes. wait. Right? It's going okay. to be fun. Well, Doug, I love you, man. Um, I look forward to hanging out. And Thank anybody you. listening, you better fucking come hang out with us, too. It'll be fun. <laughs> I know. Y'all gonna have nightmares. Like me. <laughs> All right, Doug. Well, I love you, man. Congratulations on the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.